Welcome, Saul Yus. You're our guest star for tonight on Ultra Running Underdogs. And this is a special New Year's Eve edition. It is December 31st, and we are going to talk to you about some of your ultra-long adventure runs that we've seen you post on Facebook and Strava. Uh, so one of the longest runs I think you did was a partially unsupported 123-mile and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, so we we really knew that we had to get you on our show because that's just mm. that's like an incredible accomplishment uh, for you know, especially for somebody who only ran a short just a short number of miles in comparison the previous calendar year. Uh, so go ahead, Mike, and uh, take it away. Yeah. So yeah, welcome Solace, and and it's nice to have you on the show. And I was really impressed with some of those uh, Strava um, runs that you've done. That's like wow. So um, well, just to get started, um, what got you into ultra running? These long runs. How did you get started in this? It's an unusual hobby. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me to this show, Joel and Mike. I'm really happy and glad to be on this show. Um, so what got me into these ultra long runs was just uh, partly curiosity, partly boredom, and probably maybe the biggest thing is the fact that I used to depend on someone to take me to hikes on every weekend, um, or I would have my own vehicle which I've only had for a year and uh, I've decided to try running just any, just the distance that I typically hike in a day, which was about 30 miles. And one day I decided to run that distance. I ran a full marathon and I was able to get it in five hours. And I was surprised. I'd never, I, I had no idea <laughs> I could do that, mm -hmm. but that was on flat ground. And uh, I used to just go do like a loop with my dad before around St. Helens. And that took a while, like 18 hours. <laughs> and on that same trip, I saw trail runners and I thought, man, that was, that would have been really crazy to learn to do that, to have those abilities. But at the same time, first, I would have to learn how to do flat marathons, not mountain running. So uh, five years passed and I haven't done anything uh, until my car broke down. And I thought, oh, what the heck? Let me try running a marathon. And I was, I was impressed. And that was just uh, 2019, August 20th. Um, so I started increase, increasing the mileage, increasing um, because there was a trail that I've never actually reached the end to. Um, I reached the end, which was the Centennial Trail, and then I went back. And, and then eventually, uh, months, a few months later, I learned how to do the whole trail back and forth, which was 62 miles. Um, so it, to me, it was about just the experience and figuring out how to do it and to be able to cover trails that were on my map. So I was interested to see how it was and how to do it. Um, 
hopefully that kind of answers your question. Um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. What what's the longest run that you have done? Uh, the longest one was on November eleventh, I believe, two thousand twenty. Uh, it was one hundred fifty five miles. So you were wow. a little bit off, Joel. <laughs> twenty two miles off mile one but 22 the, miles short which is uh, embarrassing yeah, but, but but the difference is the 122 was very significant in the fact that it had the most elevation gain which was uh on strava it said it was twenty two thousand. so that's an incredible elevation oh, yes and elevation is a big deal oh, so yeah and uh, but the 155 hmm. one that was mostly flat so in comparison there was barely any elevation. Uh, it's probably like 5,000 feet of gain as far as I remember. Um, so it wasn't too much. Uh, but it was the one that took the most, yeah, the most days. Because <laughs> by that time, you're, you're running days, not just hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and uh, my understanding is that uh, these aren't events that you're signing up for. You just go out and do it. Um, do, do you do these oh, yeah. alone or with a friend? or? No, just, they're just uh, kind of occasion-based. Um, I, I don't necessarily plan too far ahead, although the 155-mile one, that was the longest um, anticipated one, which – Actually, it was supposed to be 180 to be running from um, my current place that I live in Seattle to my parents' house, which is in uh, Vancouver, Washington. And that was supposed to be about 184 miles, to be more specific, but um, I didn't have enough time. And the occasion was that it was my grandma's birthday. So mm. I was trying to make it on time, but I realized I would have – uh, ran till morning or till the day of the celebration. And when I would have gone back, I would have been tired, exhausted and would have wanted to sleep. And uh, for them, they, it would have been this time to celebrate. So I didn't want to come in kind of rude in that regard. Yeah. So I asked my dad to pick me up and drive me the remaining 36 miles or whatever. Yeah. So, wow. So you, you, you cut it. You cut it short to 150 or so. <laughs> That's oh yeah, funny. I, I was. I mean, the longest plan I was thinking of doing. I think it was going to be like 210 or something like that, where I would have ran to Portland and a little bit part of uh, Portland and then back from like one parallel from one highway from like I-5 to across. And then to 205 and back uh, north. But that was like my ideal, you know, I, best case scenario kind of uh, plan. But as, uh, as the weather went on, as the days went on, I realized it's just it's getting worse and worse. Um, mm. Mainly, I guess mainly with my, mm, I don't know, like the mood. I, I had so many mood changes and like feelings that I, I was going to say uh, looking 
back at the weather and my mood that it was getting worse and worse, but it's not mm. quite the truth. I mean, at some points it was getting better and at some points it was getting worse. And in the end, in the end basically, I, did, I didn't want to make it the run just about me. If it was just about me and if, if I had all the time in the world, yes, I would have made it to 184. Uh, and maybe beyond, maybe to like 200, 210, possibly with the longest option. Although, I mean, I would have been in such bad condition by that time. So at some point it helped me out that I, I didn't, that I had help get picked up and that there was some kind of additional event that I was kind of commuting yeah. to, you know. So, cool. um, yeah, so yeah. It, it ended up being just a ways a way to get to my parents home just the more exciting way i guess like well, i can tell you yeah in the 40 mile runs that i've done my mood definitely gets worse and worse as i i progress but uh you did 150 so i can only imagine you know <laughs> 155 yeah those last give, five are even harder. Gotta after. Them, you got to give them credit for every mile because, you know, most people, they don't even want to bike that far. And here you mm. are on foot for multiple days. So it's it's very impressive that you're able to, to go that far. Yeah. So I guess my follow-up question is, what's your most memorable run? If Maybe it was this run, maybe it was the 122-mile run, but which one would you say was the most memorable and um, uh, and why? I'd say, I think um, maybe my first 100 miler was my most memorable is uh, maybe mm. either that one or or maybe the loop uh, by going from Seattle to, I, I don't know, they're, they're just so different. They're, they're, some of these are so different that I, I kind of want to include all of them, but I think uh, realistically, maybe my first hundred miler was the most memorable because of how bizarre the whole situation was and how new I was to all these experiences. And I was just like going crazy in some regards. And yeah. like I had, I was prepared in such a awkward way, like with, with weird gear and, mm. I mean, I, I pretty much was carrying all my liquids for the first 50 miles, um, which I guess yeah. it's not that far off with what I kind of already do. I mean, I, I tend to average between 30 and 40 miles now, just kind of as my more sweet spot. Um, so I guess 50 miles is not that bad, but considering that I brought a whole thermos of warm tea on my first 100 miles, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think maybe yeah. Yeah, so, some sandwiches, I don't remember exactly, probably some fruit, um, it, it, yeah, some whole, like, apples. Yeah, that's that's an interesting topic. Yeah, when you're, when you're going that kind of distance, I mean, do you, do you like, run with, like, a big backpack, or, or do you just keep um, it, it really light? It was like, you know, I was running with uh, probably what, what I would describe, uh, maybe, like, a... 30 liter um, these military backpacks that oh, I, right. I got from one of my instructors. Um, it's like a camouflage. Maybe you guys seen it. It's 
somewhat popular to own. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a running pack, but it was some. It was quite comfortable in my opinion. Um, even though maybe some people would have said, "Oh, that's a not very efficient backpack where it moves so much, too much." But for me, that's like the only thing I knew or the only thing I owned at the time. So it's it's okay for me. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah it sounds like. It was the most memorable for you because of all the surprises and kind of like how awkward your gear setup was and and your mm. your hydration strategy might not have been perfectly dialed in. Yeah, because I yeah because I was carrying so much and um, I didn't I, I was like putting so much stress on myself with with it was, I think it was like twenty five pounds or something. And, uh, yeah, that's a lot. I, I mean, I think when we, when Mike and I go on ultra runs, we try to limit our packs to, let's say, 12 pounds or so. So 25 yeah. is like very heavy. Yes, yeah, for sure. Well, I was, um, I was impressed when I looked at the stats of, of your most recent long run. Um, I was looking at the, the average pace and it was like faster than my race pace in the Bigfoot. It was like, wow, <laughs> he's fast too. <laughs> Thank I you. wish I could well, run then, run far and fast, if, I, I but guess, I can't the, do the both. <laughs> with the kind of more intentionally, I was trying to get it as a faster run, uh, and it, specifically, I was trying to do it under twenty four hours. But that's mm. been my like I don't know fourth attempt maybe of trying to get it un, a hundred miler under twenty four hours. Because the previous attempts, I might have started. I might have started and gotten up to like mile 40, mile 70. And later I realized, oh, darn, that's, I ran too fast. I sprinted too fast. I, I made like incorrect uh, strides and suddenly I'm feeling injured again. Um, so I tend to quit my runs earlier and not complete a full hundred even though in theory I could have gone faster hundreds than before. Uh, but I, so this one is finally some, seeing where I was at. Like I, I knew I could get a faster hundred miler than 32 hours. Cause that was my mm -hmm. first, I did a 33 and a half as my first hundred miler. Then I did 32 hours as my next second fastest. And now I got, uh, 29 hours. Yeah. Which is my third fastest, but they're all, I mean, to be true, to be true, they're, um, they're all different elevation gain. So, uh, yeah. but I think all of them are under 10,000 feet of gain. So it's not like they were super hilly. Although, I mean, there is a difference between like 5,000 and 10,000 over a course of a hundred, but it's not, the most, I guess, <laughs> unless there's like super steep hills in, in the middle, which mm. sometimes there are, but not, I don't necessarily go into parks if, if it's not intentional or there's not necessarily steep um, inclines too much. But, the, but that yeah. 10,000 feet of gain definitely adds up, you know, uh, a mm. lot of runners just aren't used to doing that much elevation in a single day or in two days, for example. I think, yeah, uh, yeah. What, well, Mike? Why don't you go ahead and, and shift gears a little bit, yeah. and we'll ask you some other 
types of questions about your runs. Yeah, so I'm curious, you know, with that kind of distance and um, how, how, what's been your injury history? Have you had problems? What kind of problems have you had and how have you overcome it? And have you changed any strategies? Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've had, I keep having, I started with injuries pretty much ever since uh, my, probably ever since my second marathon. And even up till now, I'm, I've caught, I have injuries as well, but they're just different types. Um, well, the first one from my marathon, I, I, I'm not really sure how to describe it. it might, I might have gotten a runner's knee, I'm mm. assuming, but I'm not perfect at um, – I haven't really read through the definitions, and I'm not really an expert at identifying what exactly they were, but I think the closest description is something like runner's knee after my second marathon. Um, then I took a break a few week, maybe a month break from running, just hiking, did some hiking and then resumed at a 20 miler. And it's like, I wasn't injured at all. So I was very surprised yeah. um, and glad it worked out that way. Then after my first hundred miler, um, my leg was, or my, yeah, my right leg was too constricted with um, just having a, anti-fatigue insole inserted or insert and uh, I mean it helped the padding on my foot but at the same time it reduced the area inside my shoes so my for some reason my right foot only got inflamed and it's really in pain and then I started limping mm -hmm. at like mile 70 or I realized I started limping at mile 70 so I had it became like a 30 mile walk or I jogged a little bit at the end, but it was just very frustrating because I just want to get um, get done with it. But it, there's so many things just conflicting. Like I was cold, tired, exhausted, and just and then hurt. <laughs> it was just a whole mess yeah. of things. So that I was sounds like the story of my yeah <laughs> um, yeah. That then, sounds like the story of my whole ultra career. You know, walking the whole thing and miserable and tired. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, well, I, I think, I don't know how worried I was at that point after that injury, but maybe not as worried as, uh, as my bigger injury that came in, uh, like, probably near July. I don't know. It's about six months ago. Um, so I was walking to work and then I tripped over a railroad and I skidded or I, yeah, I fell on my hands. I scraped my hands and I scraped my knee and hit my knee. I uh, left patella and mm. So that would have been kind of okay. I mean, I probably could have healed from that if I just, just reasonably decided not to go running or for maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month. That might have been perfect. But instead, I, I already had a plan to go running to Olympia to meet my parents. Uh, 
in Marysvillevania Park. And I thought, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. If I could still yeah. run, why not do it? So I was I, being pretty stubborn. And, yeah, uh, we know that temptation. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't know if I could run it, but I tried for the f first six miles, and it was okay, and I did it. And uh, nice. that, that was 84 miles. <laughs> so, wow. So yeah. you're, you're really able to push through some discomfort and pain, it sounds like, and whereas some runners would just totally take off a whole bunch. Well, yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a big temptation to do it. And uh, what's, what's interesting is that the end of the 84 miles, I was feeling better than my first 100-miler at, at mile 70. So, like, that's the comparison of how much better prepared I was yet, mm. even after the injury. So, yeah, maybe physically like and mentally. Yeah, physically and mentally probably better prepared, you know, because you never yeah, really know. Yeah, like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it, which is, like, hmm. kind of. And and then somehow, you're, somehow your leg was doing better than your first 100-miler. That's impressive. So let me yeah. ask you. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Let me ask you a little bit about, and I don't know if we touched on it already, your hydration strategy and your nutrition strategy. I think you told me before that about every 10 miles you take a planned break for a snack. And yeah. maybe if you could touch on that briefly and then tell us about like what kind of gear do you always bring with you and maybe what kind of gear would you not bring with you anymore? Um, so my, yeah, my hydration, and nutrition strategy um I, I pretty much developed it over a, a bunch of runs and i had to experiment i i had no idea how long um my water would last um but what i found out is especially on more cooler weather on cooler runs, I could basically have maybe a liter of fresh water and about a liter of juice to last me about 30, 40 miles, maybe wow. slightly more. And then um, I'll be eating a gel pack and a, at least a gel pack and a granola every 10 miles. And then I'll have additional snacks like an, another type of granola bar and maybe some gummies um just kind of to munch on while in in between the breaks so if i'm get slightly hungry i'll still have something to chew on and kind of keep my mind off things um and uh, yeah I've, i always pack and sometimes they'll if i don't necessarily eat it if I don't want to, like, I, I won't eat the additional snacks. I'll uh, definitely eat the main ones. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll bring beef jerky, but it's not really that much. Um, so have you, and, ever, uh, have you ever ran out of food, or do you always kind of pack, like, more than enough? Because it sounds like your pack is I, actually pretty heavy. Usually, usually I pack more than enough. Um, but the, like the last run I've I've accident, I think I've accidentally ate too much, like mm -hmm. at the wrong breaks. I took 
extra breaks because the water refills didn't align quite exactly with the 10 mile markers and I wasn't watching well enough. So I think I ate like a, a gel and a, a granola bar at my water break when I probably shouldn't have. So at the end I realized, Oh crap, I don't have, I don't have mm-hmm. my additional, my, my calculated, um, snack so i was like well okay well that sucks but i still have additional snacks even if it's not gels i still brought extra so it's yeah. okay <laughs> you know? it's good to be um, prepared so yeah, yeah. and uh, either um, way i mean i wasn't out in the wild i could have easily just bought some kind of warm meal and one night it was day at some points there were daylight i mean much of the run a lot of it was in daylight not all of it maybe most of it was at night but it's not like I was going to die or anything, but I always try to do these uh, uh, near self-supported runs now that I figured out how to do them. But I didn't start off like this. I mean, I started off with that intention, but I always would give up. And, oh, man, it was so tempting, and that's what I did. I just stopped at a store or a subway, and, like, maybe at, I don't know, mile 40, depending on where I'd run. Uh, yeah, like – especially once I ran to uh, towards uh, east, towards I-90, uh, towards Issaquah, I'd always stop at the subway. Mm-hmm. and It'd be so convenient, so nice to just stop for a warm meal in the middle of run. I mean, it's take like it 30 sure minutes, is. so it's kind of a time waster, but it's still I've done the same. Yeah. <laughs> a um, real meal. But now I'm, I'm just constantly trying to improve my strategy and uh, – with uh, these near self-supported runs and I don't see a problem. I mean, I, I used to call them self-supported, but now I realize people consider stopping at stores for water and not self-supported. Mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of bizarre and stupid, but whatever. I mean, those are the rules, but it, what's, yeah. what's interesting for the last run, I stopped at a store once and then I stopped at a Creek another time. So it's kind of like a mix. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, these are these aren't races, you know, you're just kind yeah. of running against yourself and trying to get new yeah. efforts. So I think it's totally fine. Um, hey, I have a yeah. question. Do you do any cross training or strength training or anything else besides running, walking? Um, I, I used to or I, I still do hiking, uh, which is kind of similar to running pretty much, but I'll be carrying a heavier weight. Now, all the additional stuff that I normally do outside of running is not for running. I just enjoy doing it by itself. But for running, I have done some stretching exercises that my physical therapist has been recommending me to do. And some of it does include some strength training but to be honest, I haven't really focused on it as much as I really would like to and should um, focus on it, and especially like the amount of time I spend or the, the frequency that I do it. I, uh, I know for, for sure that it's definitely not enough. Um, and I would really like to get into it because I know that would be beneficial. And just by learning from you guys and, um, and what other guides have been uh, recommending me, 
to do. So that, that probably would be my goal for, for next or yeah, for the coming up year, 2021. Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't even own a bike and I think maybe, maybe I'll get a bike. I'm not sure yet, but cool. Yeah, we're all kind of figuring this this out and you know, no one plan works for everybody ideally, you know. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I know our time is almost up, but I would love to ask you like could you tell us uh do you have any goals for 2021 and where might people find you online so that we could kind of maybe they want to track and see what you're doing in the future? Um, well, my goals aren't very specific at this point, and I'm trying to do that on purpose to not, like, overly put high expectations on myself, and, um, I, if I set specific, very, like, specific goals with, like, distance or, or speed, then I'm afraid I'm just gonna ignore what's more important, which is Firstly, healing. Um, mm. Unfortunately, I'm not that good at judging how healed I am. So, <laughs> um, but the main thing is I'd like to heal better and and then uh, maybe do work, work on my pace and do more elevation runs. Um, uh, and maybe i i don't this might be truly maybe get a 100 mile or 124 hours but that's that's probably like an equivalent to getting my marathon close to three hours but like as an analogy for shorter distance <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't know but yeah i think you might be closer to a 24 hour 100 miler than I don't know, three-hour marathon versus a four-hour marathon. That's a huge difference. I, oh, I can, for sure. Because like, I started I started with a five-hour as my first attempt, and now I got in it to 355. Mm -hmm. That's with like 1,200 feet of gain. Yeah, so. And wow. the first one that I did, I think that was slightly less feet of gain. So, But, yeah, increasing all that, that's, that's a lot of dedication and different type of running and not just running. I'd have to do the – um the additional strength training and uh i forgot what they're called just like uh working to improve speed like running drills and things like that yeah. yeah so i think you have a do you have a, a way like a facebook page or something where people could follow oh, yeah. um i i have a facebook page and uh I think we could include that. Yeah, Maybe let's toss a link in that, the uh, description of the video because yeah. I'm sure people might want to see what you're yeah. up to. I have, a, I have a Facebook page, I have an Instagram, and I have a Strava account. And uh, cool. recently uh, I've obtained a Garmin account, which I think that's shareable. I'm, I'm just learning about it, so yeah. I'm, I'm not really – yeah, it would be like a Garmin Connect, but I'm cool. I'm not really sure how that works exactly. But that one will maybe have more information. Although it, yeah. it will transfer to my Strava, so I'll yeah, I'll have that's that perfect. That. 
All right. Well, yeah. I would like to thank you very much for joining us on tonight's interview. And I wish you the best of luck in your future running endeavors. And I don't know, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to say? Um, it was awesome having you on the show. And thanks for sharing your adventures and some of your experiences. And uh, we look forward to seeing some of your crazy stuff into 2021. And uh, maybe we'll, uh, yeah, maybe we'll invite you when we go around Mount St. Helens. Um, we oh, did that awesome. last year, and that'd be awesome. You have a party of three or I'd something. I love that, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're we trying to break 14 and a half hours, so maybe we could shoot for like 12 Yeah, you can 13. show us how it's done. I don't know. Mm. That might be interesting, yeah. I've never done it. I've never done it as a run, so I'd be interested to see what, what time I can get. Cool. Yeah. Like well, let's qualify the word run. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. we start out running, <laughs> but there's definitely yeah, I mean, unrunnable. I'm, 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 I'm totally fine with just, you know, going at whatever pace the slowest person is at. And if, if we're doing it as a group, I'm totally fine with that. At least I'm, yeah. I'm fine with it now. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. yeah. you can see that. Th that'll be that that'll be Joel. That you can see the mountain in the background of our video here. It's if you couldn't tell yeah. that we also like uh, going around this mountain. It's pretty fun. But anyway, thanks again oh, for yeah, joining us. And, uh, Thank you. Uh, yeah. See y'all later. You. See y'all later. later. Bye.